Hey guys, welcome to the Voice Over Nations broadcast today. I have a powerful teaching that I want to share with you. And I want to talk about the blessing of the Lord. And the scripture is coming from Proverbs, the 10th chapter and the 22nd verse. We're speaking about the blessing of the Lord. Proverbs 10, 22. It says, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it. And many years ago, when I first read this scripture, I used to walk around and say, the blessing of the Lord, it'll make you rich. The blessing of the Lord, it will make you rich. And the Holy Spirit said, um, that's not what it says. And I was like, well, what do you mean? That's, that's what it says. He said, go back and read it. So when I went back and read it, the Lord opened my eyes and I saw something I had never seen before. And let me read it again. It says, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. It didn't say it will make you rich. It says it maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it. So what is it speaking about? The Lord shared with me. He says, son, you're not receiving the full knowledge of the information of the fullness of that scripture. He said, yes, the blessing will make you rich, but that's not all. He said, anything the blessing comes upon it makes that thing rich. If a person has poor health, if the blessing of the Lord comes upon their life because the blessing is full of divine health, the blessing will make them rich in health. He said if a person is just jacked up in their finances and they don't have two nickels to rub together, he said what they need is the blessing on their life. He said, the blessing of the Lord, if my blessing comes upon their finances, he said, it will make them rich in finances because the power of the blessing will drive away poverty. He said, anything it comes upon, it makes it rich. He said, you can walk outside in your garden and you can release the blessing upon your garden. And when the blessing comes upon it, it gets down into the soul and it makes the land rich. He said, that's how powerful the blessing is. And I started asking God, I said, well, what is the blessing? And this is the definition that God gave me. He said, my blessing, the blessing of the Lord, he said it's like a magnetic anointing that's wrapped in the favor of God. It surrounds you like a shield and everything you touch, it prospers. He said it's a magnetic anointing and it's wrapped in God's goodness, his favor, his mercy, his wealth, his prosperity his opportunities, his open doors, his breakthroughs. He said, every good thing that comes from me is wrapped up in that blessing. Every need that you have, if you can get the blessing to come upon it, it will make that thing rich. If you have a business and you're always in the red, he said, when the blessing comes upon it, you'll get in the black. He said, that's the power of the blessing. He said, my servants of old, they knew the power of the blessing. He said, son, what you need is a blessing on your life. Because when you get the blessing, you get me in my fullness. And what I found out from the Lord, the blessing of the Lord will lead you to places to extrapolate the wealth from their places so it can come into your hands. The blessing of the Lord can be in the house and it can be in the field at the same time. You can have the blessing of God on your life so strong that people, when they come around you just by association with you, they start getting breakthroughs because they're close to you because it's a magnetic anointing. It's, a mag it it's like a wealth magnet. 
you start seeing blessings come from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Every time you turn around, something is coming into your hands. It's coming in the mailbox. It's coming via FedEx. Somebody's knocking on the door saying the Lord told me to bless you with this. You blessed in the city, you blessed in the field, you blessed in your storehouses. God has commanded a blessing upon you. Your fields are blessed with corn and barley. Glory to God. I mean, even your crop are blessed. Because when that blessing gets down in the soil, now it starts to nurture. Now it starts to soothe and nurture the very corn that's in the ground. Glory to God. God said you can have the blessing of the Lord on you so strong that when you're walking, every time your feet hit the ground, it's releasing the blessing from off the crown of your head down to the soles of your feet. God said the blessing can be on you so strong you can shake somebody's hand and you can release a transference of that blessing that's on your life into them because it's a spiritual empowerment. It is an empowerment to prosper, to increase, and to multiply. This blessing will drive away poverty like a dog would chase a cat. Come on, y'all. I'm telling you, in this hour, you need the blessing. You don't need three or four jobs. You don't need to work overtime. What you need is the blessing. You may be saying, preacher man, well, how, did, how do I get it? Number one, you keep on listening, and I'm going to show you. And I'm going to reveal it to you. And I'm going to tell you. Let's go to the book of Genesis, the first chapter. Because I need to show you exactly, first of all, where the blessing came from. You see, the blessing does not come from man. Anytime somebody blesses you in the earth, it's because the Lord has touched them to move your way. Yes. See, nothing comes to the earth until it leaves heaven, as they say. So in the book of Genesis, the first chapter, I want to look at the 26th through the 28th verse because we need to lay a foundation of where the blessing came from and when it started. Genesis 1, 26 to 28 said, and then God said, let us make man in our image. Now, who is God speaking about? He's speaking about himself. God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. There's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism. There are not three gods. There's one Lord. There's one God. You're not three people, but you're like God. You're a tripart being. You're spirit, soul, and body. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You're not three people. You could be a son, you could be a brother, and you could be a father at the same time. You could be a firefighter, you could be a chef, and you could be a doctor at the same time. You have different roles, but you're the same person. Are you getting me? You could be a wife, you could be a sister, and you could be a mother at the same time. It's just one person but three different functions. That's how I explain the Trinity. So he said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Now the image of God, he said, let us make man in our image. And the image of God is the resemblance of God. Have you ever heard someone say, you're the spitting image of your mother or your father? So when they say you're the spitting image, that means you're close in resemblance. You look just like them. So since God is our father, spiritually, it must mean we look like God. We resemble God. You can look at people that you have never seen before in your life. And you can say, well, they have to be family. They have to be kin. That looks like the aunt, the brother, the mother. You don't even know them because they resemble one another. That's how it is with the children of God. All of God's creation. We resemble God in the spirit. It says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Now, the image and likeness is similar. 
but the likeness you can define as a class that we in the God class we're not in the animal class we're not in the angel class we're in the God class we are higher we're in a higher class than the angels I know it's a scripture uh, somewhere in Psalms that got a lot of people confused but it's misquoted misinterpreted mistranslated we are of the God class amen so we're in the image and the likeness of God and then the Lord says and let them have dominion which means authority and power over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so God created man in his own image in the image of God he created him male and female he created them now if you notice through these scriptures that when God created Adam and Eve of the male and the female they were both created at the same exact time I'm, I'm speaking about their spirits I'm not speaking about their flesh their spirits were created at the same time God blessed them and he called both of them man and then he said in the 28th verse I believe then God blessed them and this is where the blessing came from and God said to them how did God bless them God blessed them by saying something to them how do you bless someone you bless someone by saying something to them you can bless them financially also or whatever but you can also bless with your words the Bible says that death and life is in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Goes on to say a man's belly is satisfied by the fruit of his mouth. So when God created mankind, he released the power in the atmosphere that any time man would speak into this unseen substance, it would yield force and obey what he says. So that's why we have to be careful with our words. A lot of people have died. A lot of people are in poverty or sickness and bondage because of what they've spoken. Have you ever heard someone, you keep on doing that, you're going to get hurt. Well, they end up getting hurt. Why? Because you said it. Well, you're just going to be just like your daddy. No good. Well, if you keep on saying that, that's exactly what's going to happen because there's power in your words. Whenever God spoke or whenever God speaks, he doesn't say anything that he doesn't mean because whatever he says, it becomes a law. Whatever he says, it comes to pass. And that's how we have to be. We have to be imitators of God as dear children. So God created both of them at the same time. God blessed them by saying something to them. Now what did he say? He said, be fruitful and multiply. Fruitful means that you're bringing forth fruit. Multiply means to increase. And then he says, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God is basically saying, I want you to take authority and dominion, not dominate other people, but dominate uh, the animals and so forth and subdue the earth. But also, the original intent of God was for Adam and Eve to spread the blessing that he placed on their life around the world. That was his original intent, not for it to just stay there in the Garden of Eden, which was a place of paradise. He wanted them to take that blessing and take it around the whole entire world. That was his original intent. Now, we all know the story of how Adam and Eve and they sinned uh, and they, 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 they had fallen to sin and they got kicked out of the garden. I don't want to reiterate that. I spoke about that uh, in my teaching about uh, the beauty of sin. I spoke about a little bit about it in the beauty of sin, so I don't want to rehash that. But I do want you to go to Genesis, the ninth chapter. 
the first through the second verse. Because if you look at it in scripture, the blessing started with Adam and Eve, and it started moving on down through men. Genesis, the ninth chapter, the first through the second verse. It says, so God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, how did he bless them again? He blessed them by saying something to them. What did he say? He said the same thing he told Adam and Eve. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth. Now let me stop right there. Have you noticed that when a man or woman comes around, for the most part, animals are afraid of them? Not every animal. You do have some dogs and stuff that eat you up bad. They don't care nothing about you. But for the most part, most animals are afraid of humans. They try to go the other way. And it's because of what God said. He put fear uh, in them when man came around. Yes, he did. He said in Genesis, the ninth chapter, um, the second verse, he said, And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of, of the earth, on, on, and on every bird of the air, and on all that moves on the earth, and all the fish of the sea. They are given into your hands. So he's letting Noah and his sons know that everything is in your hands. Everything has the dread of you on them. Because that's how God made it. So we know that Noah and his sons were blessed. And I just want to say this. I don't want to go through that third chapter of the book of Genesis. I want to let you know that when it came to Adam and Eve, that God did not curse them. He cursed the ground and he cursed the serpent. But the blessing was still on Adam and Eve life. But they just had to work harder because when God cursed the ground because of them, they had to work with toil and sweat and so forth. Now we're going to show you how this blessing is progressing throughout the generations. If turned to the book of Genesis, the 12th chapter, we're going to look at Abram. And we're going to see how the blessing of the Lord was on Abraham. Genesis, the 12th chapter, the first verse. It says, Now the Lord has said to Abram, Get out of your country. And sometimes, in order to walk in the blessing of God, you have to get from out of your country and away from your family. He said, get out of your father's house to a land that I will show you. And what I'm wondering, why was Abraham or Abram still in his father's house in the first place? He looked like he was a little old to still be in his mother and his father's house. But anyway... He said, I want you to get away from your father's house to a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. Now listen to the wording. And I will bless you. I'm going to empower you to prosper. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to have my hand on your life. I'm going to fight for you. This is all what God is saying is in that blessing. And the Lord said, he said, I'm going to make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Look at the second verse again. I will make you, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. He said, after I bless you, you're going to be a blessing. That's one of the purposes of the blessing of the Lord being on your life. Not just for you to get a phantom Rolls Royce. Or Lamborghini or Maserati all of those things are nice but the blessing on your life is to do work for the ministry first of all God wants you to walk in the power of the blessing don't get me wrong but he does not want you to just be blessed so you can just sit at your home and be blessed he wants that blessing to come upon somebody else so it can spread throughout the earth. Because God has not changed his mind about what he spoke to Adam and Eve. 
He wanted them to move throughout the earth and take the blessing with him. Well, Adam and Eve is dead and gone. When he blesses you, he wants you to do the same thing that he told Adam and Eve. Does that make sense? He said, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make your name great. And you're going to be a blessing. Third verse, it says, I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, we know that Abram is called the father of the faithful. We understand that. But for those that are born again, that are Gentiles, Abram is your father also because you have been grafted in. And that which the Jewish people are supposed to receive, you're supposed to receive also. Now listen, he said, I'm going to bless those who bless you. Now he's not just speaking to Abram by himself any longer. He's now speaking to his generations after him. So anytime someone blesses the seed of Abraham, God said, I'm going to bless you because you bless them. Now get the revelation of this. So if I take my finances and I sow it into the hands of a vessel of God that is of the seed of Abraham and every person that names the name of Christ that is born again and they are under that covenant. Every time I sow seed into them, I can expect God to bless me. Does that make sense? Oh, Jesus, have mercy. He said, I'll bless those that bless you and I'll curse those that curse you. So by you being the seed of Abraham, if anyone is trying to put a curse on you, the curse is going to go back on them because God is going to curse them. He said, I'll bless those that bless you and I'll curse those that curse you. That's powerful right there. I want to be in the blessing family. I'm the seed of Abraham, and I hope you claim the same thing. Now look at the fourth verse. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Now why in the world is Lot going with him? God ain't tell him to take nobody, no Lot. Heck I'm Lot. You know why Lot went? Because Lot saw a blessing that was coming on Abram's life. I would have went too. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. That's why I was saying, well, why is he still at his daddy's house? <laughs> Y'all forgive me. 75 years old and still home with mom and daddy. <coughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. And then Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So the land of Canaan was that land that flowed with milk and honey. And so they came to the land of Canaan, and Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the Tiberith trees of Morah, and the Canaanites were there in the land. And then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. I told you what just for Abram, it was for his descendants also. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountains east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed, going still towards the south. And it says in the uh, 10th verse, it says, Now there was a famine in the land. And Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there. For the famine was severe in the land. And it came to pass 
when he was close to entering Egypt, that he said to Sarai, his wife, Indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you that they will say this is his wife and they will kill me, but they will let you live. So please say you are my sister that it may be well with me for your sake that I may live because of you. Now he's telling his wife to lie. So it would be well for him. I don't know how Abram, he hadn't gotten to the place where he really trusted God at that point. Because God had already said that I'm going to make of you a great nation. I'm going to bless those that bless you. I'm going to curse those that curse you. And you're going to be a blessing. And what he did not realize, that no matter who he came up against, that God was going to protect him. But he hadn't been walking with God that long, so he hadn't had his faith built up. But I want you to see something about the blessing. Because the Bible says that there was a famine in the land. What the blessing of the Lord that was on Abram's life, the blessing of God was driving him right into the famine. Because a famine has nothing to do with the power of the blessing of God on your life. See, the, the, the famine is an earthly element. And there may be some demonic forces behind it, but the blessing of the Lord is a spiritual power. It is an unseen power that comes on your life. And it empowers you to prosper doing famines oh my gosh if we could just get the revelation of this in the church well we can get this understanding that when I bring my tithes unto God and I sow my seeds in the ground that whatever I'm sowing I'm going to reap but also God said I'm going to open up the windows of heaven because of your tithes and I'm going to pour you out blessings that you do not have room enough to receive. When God opens up the heaven over your life, all it does is rain, 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 rain blessings on your life. That's the importance of sowing. I talk a lot about sowing because I understand that if you cast your bread upon the waters after many days, you'll find it. That's what the scriptures say. Do you know a farmer? Because a farmer understands about seed and sowing. A farmer understands that whenever the time is to sow, that he has to go out there, he has to prepare the ground, and he has to put seed in the ground if he want a harvest to come forth. Because when the winter time comes, if he don't have no seed in the ground and he don't have any crop, he's probably going to starve to death. As it is in the natural, so it is in the spirit realm. In order to get a harvest, you have to get some seed in the ground or someplace. That's a law. That's the law of seed time and harvest. A lot of people don't like to sow, but you like to eat. What do you think when you go there and you're sitting down there and you're eating that nice golden uh, cob of corn, where do you think it came from? It came because somebody put a seed in the ground. When you're eating those delicious red apples, sweet Georgia peaches. We have some sweet peaches in Georgia, some places eating a nice Florida orange. Somebody had to plant that stuff. We have to get the mentality in the church that I have to put seed in the ground because I want to harvest. If it's a famine outside, if it's a famine in America, uh, Africa, 
or Asia or wherever or Europe. It doesn't matter. You got a seed in the ground. And your harvest is on the way. Glory to God. So it wasn't a problem for Abram going into Egypt to God. Now the 14th verse of the 12th chapter. Let's take a look at it. So it was when Abram came into Egypt that the Egyptians saw the woman that she was beautiful. And the princess of Pharaoh also saw her and commended her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. He treated Abram well for her sake. Then he had sheep and oxen and male donkeys, male and female servants, female donkeys and camels. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with a great plague because of Sarai, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? I may have taken her as my wife. Now, therefore, here's your wife. Take her and go your way. So Pharaoh commanded his men. Now, listen to this. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. Now, look at the 13th chapter of Genesis. Then Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot went with him to the south. And Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold. He had a kabod blessing on him. He was weighted down. He was extremely rich. He was extremely wealthy. When he came up from Egypt, he went in, he did not have that much. But when he came out, he came out extremely wealthy. Because the Bible says he was very rich, very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. He was an extremely wealthy man. How did he get it? Because the blessing of the Lord was on his life. And it was the blessing that drove him into Egypt to get the wealth of Pharaoh. So when he came out, he came out with the wealth of Pharaoh. Because God made Pharaoh give him that wealth. That's why I say a lot of times, when you have the blessing on your life, God may place you in a job that you don't even like. Just to get a blessing or reward or promotion or something from that job. That's how the blessing operates. Any place where there's a, 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 a the blessing of the wealth of the sinner, sometimes the blessing will send you in that direction so that you can spoil the prosperity of the sinner. Glory to God. This man came out, he was weighted down. If you look at these words in Hebrew, you'll find out that he was weighted down with wealth. My God. The third verse says, and he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai to the place of the altar which he had made there at first and there Abram called on the name of the Lord the saints of old used to build altars unto God as a memorial that altar that he built before he went into Egypt he went right back there to the altar to tell God thank you that's powerful right there because Abram did not forget how he was and what he had before he went into Egypt. The scripture doesn't say how much wealth he had, if any, before he went into Egypt. But it does say in the 13th chapter that when he came out, he came out very wealthy. He came out so wealthy 
that Lot, and look at the, this, the fifth verse. It says, Lot also who went with Abram had flocks and herds and tents. Lot even got blessed because he followed behind Abram. My goodness. And it said, now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. Who Jesus. These two men had so much wealth and so much animals, livestock, that the land that they were on, it could not sustain the amount of cattle that they had. It got so bad that it was a strife. Abram said, man, I, I don't want this strife to be between you, little nephew. He said, whatever you want, you just take it. He gave him a choice of the lands that were before him. He said, well, any place you want. See, this is how the blessing is. If you want to take over there, I'll take over here because the blessing is on my life. Abram was not worried because he understood when he came from up out of Egypt, he understood the power of the blessing. The blessing brought him into a new dimension that he had never been before. Sometimes that blessing, I, I'm telling you, saints, some of you, after these teachings, you're going to get a revelation that you're a seed of Abraham and that you have a covenant with God and that the blessing of the Lord is on your life. And that blessing, it maketh rich everything you set your hands to. You have to renew your mind to truths that have been hidden before. If you're in a church and they're not preaching or teaching words that's going to increase you, you need to really think about it. Because some people have been broke for too long and they're tired of it. It's like I'm just sowing my money and I'm going to church and I'm not receiving anything. Maybe because it doesn't have a level of revelation that you need. We, we need revelation in this hour. Now, the word of God says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It doesn't automatically make you free. You have to apply that truth to your life. Get all the revelation and information that you can. Because the blessing of the Lord, God wants to put this blessing on your life. Because this blessing is going to change your whole entire family. Some of you have, been, have come from um, poverty that has been generational for years and years. If you can get the understanding, teachings on blessing, and you start to meditate on the Word of God, God will prosper you. He would increase you. But you have to apply spiritual laws. He's not just going to bless you because you say, bless me. Because there's a lot of people want God to bless them. But they don't want to activate spiritual laws that bring the blessings unto them. You can't just keep saying, well, Lord, bless me and bless me. And you take your $50 and you go down to the convenience store and you buy $50 worth of lottery. And when you come to the house of God, if you put $5 in the offering basket, you ask him for $3 back. How do you think God is going to bless you like that? What you're actually saying is that my blessing is coming from where I'm playing my lotto, that system of the world. That's where you're trying to get your blessing from. You can't come to church and tip God $2 and think you're going to walk in the power of the blessing. It's not going to happen like that. It comes by divine revelation and understanding for this blessing coming on your life. I believe that this year, God is going to favor somebody to the point 
where he's going to bring you and your whole entire family out. And your whole mindset is going to be about multiplying, being fruitful, and increasing. God wants to increase you more and more, you and your children's children. A word of God says that if you be willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land. You know there's some good in the land. He has given you all things to richly enjoy. All things. Now we know that we are not of the world, we're in the world. But there's some people that have the mindset that we shouldn't get anything from the world. The Bible does say the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. You mean to tell me that I have to wait to, till I get to heaven to get any good thing from down here? God does not have a problem with you being blessed. He does not have a problem with you looking good. He doesn't have a problem with you having fun. I used to have a friend of mine, oh, you couldn't have fun doing nothing. Now, he was a man of God, but he was jack serious. You could not go to the movies. <laughs> you couldn't go to a banquet. You couldn't do nothing. I'm like, man, what in the world can you do? You can't do nothing but pray. That's basically what he was saying. Pray and stay on your face. Well, that's not what God said. He said, I've given you all things to richly enjoy. I'm going to enjoy some things before I leave from this earth. I like to go out. I like to have a good time. I, I like to eat good. Man, I spent some money on some food. I mean, a lot of money. I'm, I may not spend a whole lot of money on a lot of other stuff, but I'm going to spend some money on some food. Because I like to eat good. I like to vacation. Why? Because God has given me those things to enjoy. Richly enjoy. He wants you to enjoy life. He wants you to have a good time. And he wants this blessing to come on you so strong. That the government has to come and ask you for some money. God never intended for the church to be on subsidized housing, food stamp, WIC, SNAP. I mean, there's some people that really need it. Don't get me wrong. There's some people that are abusing the system. I'm not talking about the people that really need it. I'm talking about the people that get it. And they're working too, and they're using all of the systems. No, you need to come on from off of that and get the blessing on your life. You can be living in subsidized housing, the projects, or wherever. You get this blessing on your life, God will bring you out, and you'll be in your own house. But your mindset has to change. You have to be serious about the things of God. Because when you get serious, he'll start blessing you. And he'll favor your life and increase you more and more. So I'm about to close with this. And uh, this is part one of the blessing of the Lord. I hope that you got some revelation from out of this. Because it is a powerful teaching. It's a powerful revelation. And if you can get it to come upon your life, everything you do is going to prosper. Your job should be glad for many of you that you're there because you're bringing stability spiritually and physically to that company because you're there. People may not want to be around you right now because they don't feel like you have anything, but you ought to tell them, just keep on looking. The stock is at its best when it's the lowest. Man, if you could have some uh, IBM stock, Apple stock, when it first started, good bit of shares, you would be a millionaire right now. 
because that's the best time to invest when it's low. Somebody's going to invest in your life and your stock is low. And I'm prophesying that to you. It doesn't seem like you have anything, but let me prophesy to you. Do not despise small beginnings because you may start small, but God is going to elevate you and raise you to the place of opulence. And men and women from all around, they're going to come and ask, how did you get where you are now? What was the secret? The secret is the blessing of God is coming on your life. And then you're going to do just like Abram did. That altar that he built before he went into Egypt, you're going to turn around and go back to that place and tell God, thank you. Because this is the hour of elevation. This is the hour where God is going to raise you up from out of the dungeon of despair. And he's going to clean you up. He's going to bring you from the pit and raise you to the palace because someone needs to hear your story because you have a story to tell. And I don't know who you are, but I want to speak to you. Don't give up. Don't throw in a towel because I hear someone saying, man of God, I don't have anything to give. Well, I'm praying that God will bring something in your hands that you can start sowing into some ministry or into someone's life. Because if you have a heart and desire, God will bring the resources in your hands. Do you know that when Adam and Eve were created, everything that they ever needed in life was already here on the earth before God brought them here? And it's still here. There's really no shortage of anything in this earth. This earth right now is sustaining billions of people. It's really no shortage. It's just a revelation of where it is. It has always been here. So I'm speaking to you. And God is going to elevate you and he's going to give you favor. And the finances that that you don't have. God is going to bring some finances in your hand. And he's going to give you an instruction of what to do. Glory to God. When he tells you what to do, do it. Because there's a blessing that's going to be attached to it. And that blessing is going to elevate you from out of despair. From out of not having enough. Because the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. So I speak these words to you now. And may the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. May it come upon your spirit your soul, and your body. Stretch forth your hands right where you are. Lord, I ask that you would touch their hands and that you would release signs, wonders, and miracles in their hands. Release that magnetic anointing upon their life that from this day forth that everything they touch, let it prosper Let it increase and let it multiply. Let them lack nothing from this day forth in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, Lord, I ask that there will be a manifestation of these words that I'm speaking into their lives. Let angels of wealth and prosperity be released into their homes to bring them into multiple streams of your goodness. Let the blessing be upon them so strong that every place they go, that magnetic blessing draws resources from everyone around them. I speak it. I release it. In the name of Jesus, and I prophesy that your worst days are behind you and your best days are in front of you.
For your eyes have not seen, your ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into your heart the things that God has prepared because you love him. He loves you and he's going to favor your life. And other people may think that they ain't nothing to you. And they're looking at the ones that already have something. That anointing and that grace on your life. They don't think it's nothing. But I think it's great. I think you're great. I think you're bigger and you're better than you think. You don't give yourself enough credit. Stop worrying about what they're saying or what they're not saying. They celebrate everybody but you. They talk about everybody in a good way but you. But let me tell you, heaven is talking about you tonight because I'm hearing the spirit of the Lord Speaking on your behalf, tell them that I shall favor them. That is the word of the Lord to you, my sister, my brother, my child. God is going to favor you because he loves you. And he's going to show you that they were wrong. And there's a table that is prepared before you in the presence of your enemies. Get ready that God is going to bless you so much. I don't know how it's coming. And don't sit up and try to worry about how it's coming. Let God bring it to you. Because there's a million ways that God can bring a blessing in your hands. Because when the blessing is on you, the blessing will speak to somebody on your behalf. And you don't even know them. So I release that upon your life right now. May you have no lack days. May you have a shortage for nothing, but increase upon increase. Let it come into your hands in the name of Jesus. Guys, I'm getting ready to close on this broadcast. I pray now that you walk into the very power of God and the covenant of the Lord, this New Testament covenant, that God would reveal it to you, that he will become a revelation of who he is and there's no shortage in God if he did it for Abraham if he did it for Lot he's no respect of person he's the same yesterday today and forever I'm looking for God to do it for you and I would love to hear your testimonies let me know how God has changed your life and how God is blessing you and favoring you you mark this day when you hear this word and you count the days off and don't stop believing in faith. The key is to receive the knowledge that I'm sharing with you, but also the key is to activate spiritual laws. If you need something, you have to do something to get that which you need. Start sowing like crazy. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Whatever God tells you to do, that's what you do it. God shall be blessed. And until we meet again, this is part one of the blessing of the Lord. I can't wait to share part two with you. I hope you enjoy your day. And may the angels visit you in this hour. In the name of Jesus, be blessed of the Lord. In Jesus' name. Until we meet again. Amen.